0: I'm going to take you all back to my first run-in with the law (laughs) when I was six. Now, I want to assure you all, I came from a very loving home, and God bless my mom. She was a single mom. She worked a full-time job while putting herself through college, all while trying to corral her Ragtag bunch of four children. I mean, you hear about at-risk youth. She's what I like to call an at-risk parent. (laughs) I mean, how she kept us all alive while becoming a teacher is still a marvel. See, my brother and my two sisters and I were pretty well-known among the babysitting circles of southern Iowa. (laughs) We burned through a lot of them. And as you might imagine, parenting back in the 70s and 80s was a little more relaxed, right? It's a little more, shall we say, Wild West. My older brother and I, we would roam all about the town of Lamoni, Iowa, adventuring all day long until that six o'clock whistle sounded in town, and we would race home, and I would go to bed each night, recounting all the troubles we faced, imagining what the next day might unfold. One summer day, a friend from the class above me came knocking on my door. I mean, he was much older and wiser by one whole grade. (laughs) And he carried with him this dangerous bravado, which I really admired. Shane Countryman. <laughs> Let me say that again. Shane Countryman. <laughs> I mean, even his name held this sense of adventure like a character out of a Louis L'Amour novel. And he, he talked with this back-mouthed lisp, which sounded kind of cool to my young, impressionable ears. And that day, he said through the screen door, he said, hey, Chad, you want to learn how to (laughs) smoke? He explained all we had to do was go down to the train depot in town. Now, I knew the depot well, because me and my friends, we used to hang out there and we'd play tag by jumping from grain car to grain car until one of my other friends fell off and split his head on the tracks and we stopped doing that but what (laughs) but what I didn't know was they used to hold auctions in this train depot on the weekends and that on one of those auction tables there was this tin container which held loose leaf tobacco and rolling paper how Shane knew I have no idea but he was older and he was wiser See, the train depot in Lamoni, it's situated smack downtown, and the door was locked, so that meant we would have to break the window in broad daylight to get inside. I must have, in my first grade mind, thought that nobody would care or notice or probably would have been a little more careful, but when that glass shattered, I heard a voice from behind us what the hell are you doing? And it didn't sound like my conscience. (laughs) It was my older brother and he had just finished his chores to come to join us. I tried to give him the lowdown on the whole fiasco and uh, it didn't sound half as good coming from me. But being the loyal brother he is, he immediately became an accomplice to the crime. We got inside, we grabbed the stuff, and we got out of there. That night, my mom was cooking one of my favorites, spaghetti and garlic bread. I'd pretty much forgotten all about the crime from a few hours prior. And at dusk, when that blood-red sun dipped into the cornfields, I heard a knock at the door. A large, knuckled, meaty knock. Thud, thud, thud. My mom descended the stairs into the foyer, and there was a little bit of a murmuring, and then I heard it. The disappointed, monotone voice of a very exasperated mother. Chad, Eric, get down here filling the frame of our front door was the silhouette of sheriff killpack <laughs> yes <laughs> yes that is his name sheriff killpack A menacing, broad-shouldered man who would eventually have his own eye shot out by a bank robber. This is who came to bring justice to our door. Now, he didn't say much. He just said, Boys, where's the stuff you stole? Stole? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. When I heard it put that way... I knew I was in big trouble. There was this kind of a long silence, and I sheepishly pointed across the street. You see, Shane thought it would be a great idea to stash it across the street from our house in his babysitter's root cellar. (laughs) In some dark corner. And if I hadn't been scared straight yet, crawling on that dirt floor in the dark, through the cobwebs trying to find that tin container did me in. I was going to study. I was going to get good grades. I was going to listen to my mom. (laughs) A few weeks later, I would find out from my cousin that my uncle Malcolm sat there at his desk in the municipal utilities office across the street from the train depot, and he watched the whole fiasco go down. (laughs) And for all I know, he was the one that turned us in. <laughs> oh, but it wasn't over. You see, my mom, to her embarrassment, would become the mother of probably the two of the youngest boys in Decatur County history to ever go to juvenile court. They brought us in, they had us give our statements, and then they said sign at the bottom of the statement. I shot a nervous look at my mom and she knew I didn't know how to write my last name. (laughs) She just very gently said, just just sign your first name, Chad. It's fine. (laughs) But you see, I was six and when I was six, I used to flip my D's and my B's around. And so there I sat and I slowly scrawled on that piece of paper, the word chab. Chab. I learned a very big word that day, restitution. (laughs) Restitution meant that my brother and I would be working the entire summer for my grandfather, painting fences and unloading books into his den. You see, my grandfather is a historian and a theologian. That meant lots of books, big books, thick books filled with Moral tales and fables that describe the difference between doing the wrong thing and the right thing. Very clever, my grandpa. Summer dragged on, but through backbreaking work of sweat and toil, my brother and I repaid our debt to society, and we immediately moved to a new town. <laughs> you see, my mom had just got her first teaching job. That meant a brand new start in a new town two hours away, new friends, new school. I could only imagine my mother's relief. But life is strange. (laughs) Filled with bizarre coincidences. Like when two weeks later, Shane Countryman would knock upon that new door saying how he also moved to this new town. (laughs) Oh, the look on my mom's face was this perfect blend of disbelief, despair, and seasickness. <laughs> but her worries were completely unfounded. I mean, my brother and I would become model citizens, <laughs> never getting into trouble again. <clears throat> oh. It's been nearly 40 years since the train depot robbery And, uh, it's funny when I say it out loud. (laughs) And life has a way of circling back to different touchstones in our lives. You see, I became a songwriter, and I write original songs, and a lot of these songs are centered around the theme of redemption. Even my band name is The Redemptions. (sighs) It wasn't always easy to make a living in this career. Uh, It took about 20 years, and I finally had enough security where I could buy a home for my family. But I didn't just buy any house. I bought my grandparents' house. And so my grandfather's old den is now my den. And I was all alone when I walked into the house. By myself, it was completely empty except for one thing. There was something left in the toy closet. It was this alabaster chess set that my grandfather taught us all how to play chess on. And when I pulled the board off the shelf, a dusty old yellow piece of paper landed at my feet. And I noticed my grandfather's handwriting was in pencil. I noticed my name was on there and some numbers. I picked it up. And upon further inspection, I noticed what it was. It was the log of restitution hours my brother and I had worked off that summer. I kid you not. Talk about a sign. I love being back home. Every day I drop off my own six-year-old son and my eight-year-old daughter to the same school that I attended. And I'm happy to say so far, their criminal record is clean. About a block away is the train depot still, which now ironically holds the Lamoni Police Department. (laughs) Across the street from there, still sits the Lamoni Municipal Utilities Office, which now employs my cousin, instead of my uncle Malcolm, (laughs) the turncoat. (laughs) And another cousin of mine Believe it or not, became a judge at the courthouse that holds the infamous Chab document. (laughs) I have learned through the years that that restitution, that $250 restitution, was only the beginning steps towards my redemption. Oh, life doesn't work that way. Atonement takes time. And it turns out, redemption comes in the same slow pace as life in my hometown. Thank you.